Let's bring in Stephen Bailey to discuss that, how Syracuse has looked so far and the things they want to accomplish, no matter how they're going to have to accomplish that now at spring football. You can find his work at Syracuse.com, of course, in the good old-fashioned newspaper, or, of course, follow him on Twitter as well. How are you, Stephen? Yeah, I'm doing all right. First uh, early morning practice of the spring today, and uh, obviously with the news about Syracuse, Syracuse's class changes due to the coronavirus, it's it's been an interesting day, uh, for sure. We're obviously still learning about that now. That's it. We're, we're in that fluid process here. So I'll ask you, do you know anything? Have you heard how this is going to impact football? I just read it there. I don't know if you heard it while you were on hold there, but one of the things they noted was events of 50 or more people. Well, that's a football practice. So what do we know, if anything, at this point about that? Yeah, unfortunately, I really only know you know what you know. Um, one, I mean, that obviously crossed my mind, and, and I think it sounds like more information is going to come at uh, a date to be determined uh, regarding athletics. One other thing that crossed my mind is Syracuse's pro day is, I believe, the twenty third or so, uh, and that's with scouts and everyone there, more than fifty people. So uh, you wonder logistically, you know, if that qualifies for under under that guideline of uh, an event of fifty people or more. If they move it or what they do there, so yeah, I <laughs> I would say I've got a lot of questions, but <laughs> but no real answers, answers at, this, at point. this point. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And football players are students that go to class, and you're not supposed to come back to campus after spring break. They were going to be here anyway, so I guess they can stay. And it's like a lot of questions about this. A lot of things we're we're all trying to figure out at the same time. So they have practiced. It's early on here, Stephen. But as you uh, do a terrific job with for us on Twitter and on Syracuse.com, of course. What are some of those early observations uh, from practice and those early storylines you're, you're following uh, that have jumped out to you in the early goings here? Yeah, so I think the two coordinators are the biggest thing. Offensive coordinator, Stone Talbot, defensive coordinator, Tony White. Um, we haven't really seen a ton from the offense, to be honest. We see in the 10 minutes we're there, mostly positional work, nothing that's really different. Um, quarterbacks on routes versus air, they open up, they'll throw to receivers and tight ends. Uh, are throwing on both sides of the field this year, which I thought was kind of interesting. Quarterbacks will tear a couple reps in the, on the right side and then tear a couple reps on the left side where the receivers and tight ends just stay uh, stay on their side of the field throughout the drill. So I don't know if that's indicative of what Sterling's bringing in, if it's just a way to mix up practice. Uh, but I, I really can't say I've learned a ton about what those big-picture changes that Sterling's bringing in are. Now, in defense, we have seen a lot of new stuff. Uh, for usually about six or seven of the ten minutes, um, the defense was split off. The secondary has basically worked on alignment and shifts, motion-based stuff, four-wide four sets, five-wide sets. Um, we're seeing those three safeties move around a lot. I think I've seen all three of them kind of close up to the line, all three of them moving back. Uh, there's a lot of versatility there. Right now it's Andre Sisko, Eric Coley, and Amon Smurf Greenwood, a redshirt freshman, but they're mixing a bunch of guys in. So it's usually the secondary on on its own, and then the front, uh, the front three linemen and three linebackers working there, working up fits, uh, tweaks, I believe some motion-based stuff too, or adjustments made based on something they would see in alignment in the backfield, for instance, uh, formation based on personnel groups. Uh, so pretty straightforward stuff. You're seeing the defensive coaches go up to players and say, hey, this is your assignment, or hey, remember this, or, hey, remember that. So They're still learning, right? They're still trying to memorize all the different things they have to do, what their keys are. Um, so it's still early in the process, but it's been cool to see some of the different personnel changes up front 
Uh, Steve Linton's a guy who jumps out. He was a defensive end, a redshirt freshman. Now he's playing outside linebacker. He's the first team strong side linebacker to open the spring. He's like 6'5", 225, and he's going after <laughs> redshirt senior tackle, iron service, and practice. So it's, it's a different look, and I think there are guys like Linton, and I'll say Josh Black, who's a defensive end in the three three five, who actually fit this scheme better. Their their body fits the scheme better. Like Linton probably had to get bigger to be an early down player as a four three end. Black was maybe not quite big enough to hold up on the inside as a as a four three tackle. Um, so there are guys that fit well, and there's other there's kind of questions that come with it too. I really don't know what Syracuse is going to do at inside linebacker. They got a couple bigger guys in there now. Whereas Mikel Jones, the most experienced inside linebacker, is working with the second team. He's about 25 pounds smaller. So I think a lot of those guys are going to continue to move around, but it's been interesting to see the different bodies and frames and, and abilities in different spots on the field. Steven, uh, something that Dino said the other day was interesting in that, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, but it was basically you don't want to come in with new coordinators but make it feel like it's day one all over again. But on the defensive side of the ball, it truly is a reset. It's an entirely different defense that Tony White has to put in here. But I would imagine everybody's happy to be on the field and doing this because it's been quite the offseason for Dino with the Zach Arnett thing and and some other things that have happened and and just kind of getting to this point of of getting to spring practice. Yeah, I don't think a fifth-year head coach is ever going to want to say it's like year one, but it does feel like that on defense, at least a little bit. And, you know, talking with some of the players, you know, they say, yeah, there's new calls. You know, some of, there's some new techniques, but a lot of the things they've been doing can kind of be repurposed or are similar to uh, some of the new techniques they're picking up now. So they're really trying to view this as kind of a, a reload rather than a rebuild. Realistically, I, I, I kind of side with you here, especially replacing seven starters. You've got a bunch of inexperienced guys learning new calls, new verbiage, new techniques, uh, you know, in a shortened spring. It's, it's, it's going to be a long climb for this defense, and I think they have some personnel limitations that make it tough. Like McKinley Williams is really the only guy who's ready to be a starting nose tackle in the three three five. Like, if he gets hurt, that's, that's rough. You know, they, they got a lot of young guys uh, in the secondary behind Andre Cisco, Troll Williams, and Afonso Malfonwu. You know, how much can you rely on those guys? And like we talked about the linebackers, I mean, they're replacing their starters for the third spot. Yeah. Right now, Tyrell Richards and Jeff Cantartu are their quote-unquote starters. A lot of guys are mixing in. But it's there's just not a lot of guys on the field who have played a lot of football. So I, I'm skeptical that they'll really be able to reload in, in I think, the way that Dino wants to. Stephen Bailey's our guest, Syracuse.com. Make sure you follow him on, of course, Syracuse.com and on Twitter for all the latest with spring football underway. How much can you tell from a media session is, you know, you don't want to go all in on it, Stephen, but I got to tell you, I, I was really impressed with how Tommy DeVito addressed the media the other day, how he spoke to certain things. And you've done this long enough now where you kind of see players grow and mature a little bit. I felt like I never got that from Tommy last year. There was a lot on his shoulders, a lot of pressure there, of course, as the season went south, and the offensive line was the worst in college football, and he got hit a lot. Yeah, I don't blame the guy if he wasn't in a good mood, but I sensed a difference in Tommy. Do you sense that, too? And, and how is he kind of taking on his leadership role, Stephen? And I'll add to that, because you remember the, the thing he put on social media not too long ago about, you know, beware the quiet man and don't buy the hype, and I kind of felt like they were going to be a little more sheltered in this offseason, but hearing him talk the other day, maybe that's not going to be the case. 
Yeah, I think he definitely enjoyed not having to talk about getting sacked like 50 times for the last uh, right. the last exactly. few months. Uh, it's it's a tough thing to do to have to go out and kind of be the face of a, a program in a season like that, first year as the starter, and you know all those things going wrong. So I'm sure Tommy did did mature and develop. Um, you know, I, I think getting healthy is a big part of that. Getting comfortable in the pocket, uh, all of those things. So I, I'm I'm hesitant to really say he's made significant growth until you get the pads on, you get the phone. Um, I can tell you this, there's no other quarterback on roster who's even as close to as accurate as him. You, you go out and watch Routh versus Air, and it's like, Tommy's on the money with most of his throws, as a, as a starting college quarterback should be, uh, and then it's like, they're just getting sprayed everywhere. you got swing routes getting overthrown, balls in the dirt, crossing routes behind guys. I mean, it, you know, Tommy is going to, to have to get better, and he's going to have to stay healthy this year uh, because right now I don't think they have a quarterback on the roster who's really ready to step in, even, even the way that Clayton Welch was last year. So definitely interested to see how Tommy does when the pads come on and also, again, what Sterling Gilbert is bringing to that book and, and what he's doing for Tommy uh, fundamentally and also from a scheme perspective to you know, maybe ease some of those personnel limitations with a line that should be better, but still has a couple young guys on it. A lot to follow over spring practice, and it's going to get a lot more interesting with today's news, uh, but we don't know enough about that to address it, but we shall see how it goes, and I know you'll be all over it, Steve, and we'll catch up again soon, but thanks for the time today as always, my friend. Thanks, man. I'll talk to you soon.